Perfection. It's what every team strives for. So when you go undefeated in the regular season, are crowned champions in the toughest conference, and beat multiple top 10 teams along the way, you expect a shot at the title. Well, not in the BCS era. Now we have the quarterback of the national championship team that wasn't. Right here. It's time for the College Football Legends Podcast. The players. We're going to hit somebody and we're taking down the field for a touchdown. I guarantee you that. The coaches. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The plays. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. And so much more. College football legends. Heroes come and go, but legends live forever. Believe in college football legends on the Believe Podcast Network. I am Chris Smith. The NFL season is in full swing, and even though you might not be at the game, you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Plus, there's always that online casino as well. The best part about it, it never closes. You can play 24 7. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. The Auburn football program has achieved 12 undefeated seasons and have won 16 conference championships. But it was the 2004 team that suffered the biggest loss, just not on the field. The Tigers were undefeated SEC champions and beat three top 10 teams plus Tennessee twice. Unfortunately, the college football playoff wasn't in place, so War Eagle was left on the outside looking in. Denied of their BCS title shot, they still nabbed their 13th victory over another top 10 team in the Sugar Bowl. And as the quarterback who engineered that dream season said, they can't take away what this team did this year. Well, he's here to talk about that and more as my special guest on the show, Jason Campbell, Auburn legend, SEC player of the year and MVP of the Music City and Sugar Bowls. How you doing, Jason? Yeah, I'm doing good, Chris. How you doing, man? Uh, Thanks for having me on. Doing well, thanks. Glad to have you on the show. Let's start out a little early uh, at Taylorsville High. You're named Gatorade Player of the Year in Mississippi and Parade All-American in 1999. You were also an All-State Hoops player and the number one overall prospect in Mississippi. What schools were on your recruiting list? Yeah, when I was coming out of high school, uh, you know, back in that time, you know, not as much as it is now where people publicize a whole lot of different things. But for me, I had uh, LSU was one of them. Uh, Georgia was a big-time recruit. Auburn was a big-time recruit at the time. My brother played at Mississippi State, so I was used to being in the SEC. So once I go watch him play ball, it gravitated me to want to play in the SEC. So to me, it was a big deal to just stay close to home, born and raised in Mississippi. So anytime you're born and raised in that state, football is like a religion. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so, definitely. <laughs> So, you're in it. so, you know, people take it very serious. And I feel like from when I was younger, I had a uphold the guys that was in front of us because I come from a high school, Taylorsville High School, where we used to win in state championships. And if you didn't do what you're supposed to do, they let you know about you it. You got called so, out. <laughs> yeah, called out. So, 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 for me, football was very big growing up. And uh, I enjoyed it, though, man. I enjoyed the recruiting process. I enjoyed the whole thing. And I tell these kids nowadays, I'm like, look, they look you get recruited by a big school doesn't let it change your attitude, you know, like keep working hard. And sure. uh, that was a difference for me. What were the factors that went into choosing Auburn over some of those in-state schools? When I chose Auburn, Auburn just felt like a family. I know you probably hear it a lot when people say, 
oh man, everybody always say how Auburn's a family atmosphere. No, it really is a family atmosphere. I'd love to hear that. Um, like, even to this day, like I'm still close with a lot of my teammates. I'm still close with a lot of the people that, that went to Auburn and we still communicate. And uh, it is that family feel. And that's exactly what I had when I went there on my visit. And I still feel that same thing to this day. And every time I was like, you know, I definitely was the right decision. And uh, you don't see that at every college. You know, I know because I've been around guys and it's been a little different from their universities. But Auburn people, when we say war eagle to one another, it is like a code word for, hey, family, how you doing? Oh, sure. No, I've been on the campus. And wow, what a recruiting class you were a part of for the Tigers. Ronnie Brown, Carlos Dansby, Carlos Rogers. Uh, did you think that group would be so special and you could grow together? Yeah, we knew coming out of high school when Tuberville was recruiting us, he had told us, he said, man, y'all have one of the opportunities to be one of the best uh, recruiting classes we had. And he said, uh, y'all are going to start something else special here at Auburn before you leave. He said, y'all are, y'all are going to be the group to get things going. And I remember he said that because when we won the uh, championship our senior year, all of a sudden, Auburn has finished like in the top ten in recruiting almost year after year after year. Oh, yeah. And uh, and Cam came later and on. So it, Harry Cam came later on. Then you get around these guys and they say, "Yeah, man, I came to Auburn because y'all was my favorite group, man. Y'all was my boys, man. I was real watching y'all." And uh, so from that aspect, though, it made it it made me feel like, man, you know, we've kind of left a strong legacy here, which is good. Yeah, well, winning is the best recruiter, I guess, and. Uh, you redshirt your first year, and then the Tigers go seven and five in two thousand one, nine and four in two thousand two. What did you learn from the competition with fellow QB Daniel Cobb early in your career? Yeah, it taught me to compete. Cause you know, in high school, you know, I didn't really have anyone I was competing against. You know, for the starting job, you know, uh, you kind of separate yourself. Uh, but you come out of high school, I was ranked the number two rec- recruit in the nation uh, as far as quarterback behind Brock Berlin. So when I first got there. You know, Tuberville, and they told me that, hey, you know, you got to compete because I signed to play football and basketball. I thought and, you were going to uh, be the next Charles Barkley there yeah, at uh, so, Auburn. Yeah, <laughs> so I suppose, yeah, I suppose supposed to been the, the next two sports stars play there. And uh, I remember after that year, I raised your freshman year, Tuberville said, hey, you know, you're going to be recruiting again. You're going to be participating against uh, a senior and a junior for the job. If you want to be a four-year starter, you may have to cut basketball loose. And I was like, what? Really? No. You know, so and basketball is my first love. So I ended up having to let basketball go and focus on uh, staying out on the football field for spring and, and doing that. You know, I had to compete against the, the guys that was older. And I think, you know, going against Cobb really showed me, you know, that you have to compete first and foremost. No one's going to give you anything. But once you got the job, you had to continue to play at a high level because, you know, someone behind you could easily get that job back. Sure. Well, play at a high level, you did. You guide Auburn to a victory over Penn State in the Peach Bowl. And heading into the 2003 season, did you feel ready to take the team on your shoulders? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, you know, Bob Petrino had my sophomore year. I had a really good sophomore year. And then going to my junior year, you know, we switched coordinators. And that was kind of tough on me because he took the head coaching job in Louisville. So it's kind of like starting over. And then we tried to keep the same offense, but it wasn't the same. It ended up feeling like it was uh, – Offense ran by committee, and anytime you do that, everyone means well, but sometimes there can be too many heads, you know, trying to make a decision. And um, and so the senior year, we ended up getting Borges. But going through our 2003 year prepared us for a 2004 year. You know, we went through a lot of lows and a lot of highs in that 2003. We lost the first two games, then we won like the next six, and then we lost the heartbreak of the Ole Miss at the back of the end zone. Then we, you know, you lose the next game to Georgia, then you finish winning the last two games against Alabama and Wisconsin, and then you come to your senior season, 
I think we was more equipped for an undefeated season because of the adversity that we faced in our 2003 season. Yeah, well, in the aftermath of that 2003 season, like you were saying, you win the Music City Bowl over Wisconsin, you're named MVP. And in that aftermath, the Auburn Athletics Director and Trustees tried to secretly meet with uh, Louisville head coach Bob Petrino to replace Tuberville. What do you remember from that news? Yeah, I remember uh, that game we was playing Alabama, and I remember them. You know, it was all over TV that, you know, Auburn had flown uh, the visit uh, Bobby Petrino and try to get him the head coaching job at Auburn. And uh, I can remember that week, you know, guys was kind of, you know, anytime you're in a, in a setting together, you know, you want to fight for each other. Sure. And, you know, it's just a certain way that you want things to be handled and things like that. But we knew that was above us. But at the same time, we wanted to, you know, finish that season out on a strong note, not just for Tub, but for all the coaches that was on that staff. And, and for the players, you know, our senior group that year, you know, we was really close from juniors and seniors. So we wanted to send them guys out winning our Iron Bowl and finish the season strong and uh, and everything. So, so we, we kind of it kind of just brought us closer together uh, as a whole unit. Nice. We're speaking with Jason Campbell, quarterback of one of the greatest Auburn teams in program history. And let's talk about that 2004 season. You breeze through your first two matchups and square up against fifth ranked LSU at Jordan Hare. With 75 seconds less in the game, uh, an LSU leading 9-3, to you toss to Courtney Taylor, a TD to lift the Tigers to a 10-9 nail-biter. Less than a minute and a half to go. Six-point LSU lead. Campbell pumps to the end zone. Got it! Touchdown! Courtney Taylor! Was this the moment that you sensed this team was destined for greatness? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. That LSU game was a game that kind of ignited the rest of the season. Uh, it was one of the hardest hitting games I've ever been a part of, even to this, even through my NFL career. There were so many NFL players on that field on both sides of the ball, and uh, that's SEC ball. That was, yeah, that was a, a hard hitting game, and uh, and we had to go through that. We had to go through that, and it was uh, it was definitely uh, a tough, tough, uh, tough game, and we ended up winning that game, and uh, and like I say. Fourth and twelve, we had to convert. And then third and sixteen, we had to convert, and uh, it was really, really an incredible game. I still think of today. Well, your next big matchup was against tenth-ranked Tennessee, where you threw for over two hundred fifty yards and two TDs in the thirty-four to ten beatdown of the Vols. Uh, what was the feeling inside the locker room now that you were five and zero? Yes, uh, it was. It was big. You know, it was five and zero, undefeated. Uh, we was heading down the right direction, and uh, things were going great. And uh, you know, going to the Tennessee game was uh, was a huge mechanism. It's a team that was, you know, the stadium on the water, yeah. great, great atmosphere, and uh, for us to go there and compete, it was uh, it was definitely, definitely outstanding. By the time the South's oldest rivalry game against eighth-ranked Georgia comes up, your Tigers are ranked third. Did you think with a win you jump into the top two spots? Yeah, we thought with a win, conventionally, we would jump into the top two spots. And uh, like I said, out of the three teams, us, Oklahoma, USC, we had the toughest schedule. And and Georgia was a really, really good football team. You know, they've coming out three great years at that time under Mark Rick. They've always had that talent. David Pollock was on that defense. Um, you know, Thomas that plays linebacker now for, for Washington football team was on that team, Thomas Davis. Uh, so those guys, they – Tim Jennings was on that team and won a Super Bowl with India. Those guys were loaded. And and for us to beat them 24 to 6, and we didn't even throw the ball late in the game because Coach was just trying to run the clock out. And we could have scored another touchdown <laughs> and us to be 24 to 6, you know, against a top team like that. Like, that should have put us in the top two. And, uh, 
and for that not to happen, you know, was 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 pretty was pretty. It hurt us a little bit, but at the same time, when we look back on that season, I feel like the 2004 Auburn football team started the legacy of playoff football talk because all the talk started after that because Utah was undefeated and they said, "Man, we got four really good teams that's undefeated. Wouldn't it be nice if it was the playoff system?" That's true. You had the old school BCS, and after that game against Georgia, you take your perfect record into the Iron Bowl and you win. The Auburn Tigers go to 11 and zero. In the 2004 season, they will play in the SEC championship game against Tennessee. The dream is still alive. Did you know at the time that your 11-0 record was only the second time the Tigers had accomplished that feat since 93? Yeah, I didn't know that until, uh, honestly, until after we had won the SEC championship. They said we won the most game in Auburn history and everything and being other people. We knew in 93 they had a really great team. They was on probation uh, that year, but the team was stout. And, you know, for us to break that record, you know, and then going to win the Sugar Bowl to finish 13-0 and and really won 15 games in a row because we beat Alabama and Wisconsin our junior year towards the end, you know, it was a pretty big accomplishment to win 15 games in a row in college football, especially in the SEC was, was, was something we really – that just tells you the closeness of our team and the grit, the grind that we all shared together. Yeah, and you end your career with a perfect 13-0 and season. Like you said, SEC Player of the Year and conclude – as the school's second-leading passer in total yards, passing touchdowns, pass attempts, and completions, also first in completion of percentage and passing efficiency. How do you look back on that career now? I look back now, and I'm, I'm proud. I'm happy. Uh, like I say, my dad always says, son, you really don't enjoy the fruits of your loins until you're able to sit back and realize like what you accomplished. And, uh, and that's really true. You know, When you're in the midst of all of it, everything is always so fast, so on the go. You're always grinding, preparing, and trying to stay in shape and do everything you can to, to be ready to the point that you don't even really – like when you win a game, you move on to the next game the day after. You sure, know, it's yeah. just like you don't even really get just to enjoy it. So now that having that opportunity to enjoy it because you're sitting back and you're remembering over those days, you know, it, it really makes you be happy and uh, proud and thankful to God for bringing you through all of that and the gifts he's given me to, to be able to, to, to do and uh, – you know, it's an honor, especially when we sit back and we talk about it as a group of guys together that play together. Hey, come on, when you're sitting back uh, talking to a group of guys together, you know you could have beat USC or Oklahoma, correct? Yeah, I, yes. Mm-hmm. I talked to uh, Reggie Bush before about that because we had the same agent at the time in the NFL. After that, we so wanted to play y'all. <laughs> and, uh, he, was like, we kinda, he said, we know because we wanted to tell them, like, all right, that our sophomore year, we lost. We dropped the ball to beat them. Our junior year, we was trying to rebuild our offense as far as like with coordinators. Like I said, we was coordinated by committee. But then our senior year, we finally got Borges, who knew how to put all that together. I like, had we had him a junior year, things could have been different. I said, but it really was different that year. We really was a hot team, and we was really good on defense and offense. It wasn't like one was above the other. So that alone, he's like, yeah, man, we knew we knew y'all was a tough, tough team. <laughs> so. You know, they knew it. They kind of got let off a little bit by being able to play Oklahoma. Sure. And like you were saying, as a starter, you had a different offensive coordinator every year. Talk about how difficult that was and how did Borges unlock your full potential? Yeah, yeah. I had a difficult every year, like you said. But at the same time, uh, I tried to take things, pieces from each one to help me be successful and uh, try to piece it together to help me learn a new offense. And then, like I said, Borges came in. He told me, he said, son, you've been doing a lot of good things. It's just not getting recognized because there's so much change and y'all are just so run on that he was just like, and I came to Auburn as a passing guy. I was a guy that threw the ball in the house. Sure, yes. Five wides and four wides. So I wasn't used to lining up in the backfield with two backs. You know, I'm used to 
being a guy throwing the ball. And uh, so he came and he said, look, we're going to put you in the best position and let you utilize your ability and your talents, and we're going to mix everybody in. And that's what he did. He missed in everybody. He missed in running Cadillac good together. He missed in Courtney Taylor, Obamanu, Aroma Shadu, Anthony Mitz, always played in the NFL as well. He pieced around everybody to have success, and he knew how to do it. A lot of coaches can coach, but there's only a few that know how to put all the talent together. And and that's what he knew how to do. And he was a mastermind at doing it. And uh, off that team, we had at least eight guys on offense that played in the NFL. It's amazing that that roster was stacked. We're speaking with Jason Campbell, quarterback of one of the greatest Auburn teams in program history. And college football is filled with rival games. How special is the Iron Bowl, which we were successful a lot, that's for sure. Yeah, the Iron Bowl meant a lot, uh, you know, especially in that state. There's no NFL team. So anytime you play on either the Auburn team or the Alabama team, like you're going to be highly recognized in that game. You know, people look forward to it. Uh, it's very intense. Um at the same time, you know, you build rivalries against each other, and then later on you see each other golf courses and at the NFL. We all sit and joke about it and laugh about it. But at the time you're playing in that game, I tell people, if you want to experience a rival game, you have to go to an Auburn and Alabama game at least one time in your life. Oh, definitely. Talk about the War Eagle faithful at Jordan-Hare. Yeah, War Eagle, yeah, our faithful, man. Our fan base is crazy. I tell people, I would not want to play in Auburn at nighttime. I said, because <laughs> I've I know Death Valley and LSU is tough. But Auburn is another tough atmosphere. Like Auburn fans get really loud and rowdy when, when it's a big football game. And we don't lose many in Auburn because of that aspect of having those fans. So this year it's going to be a little tougher because you don't have that fan base that's going to be able to be in those seats. So, you know, we're going to really have to feed off the energy of each other and getting ourselves ready to play week in, week out. Definitely. All right, it's time to go. Y'all ready for this? Three and out. It's time to go three and out with Jason Campbell. Three-letter questions to close out the interview. First off, did you have a friendly wager with your fellow Auburn teammates on where you would all go in the 2005 NFL draft? No, we didn't. We didn't. And one thing we did do, we all uh, kind of got together and figured out which kind of cars we were going to drive. <laughs> <laughs> what was the top pick yeah. out of everybody? Uh, Ronnie and myself was a Range Rover, Carnell and uh Carnell and um, Carlos Rogers was Escalades, and then of course Rose Green. He was more of a, you know, old school type of guy. So he wanted like the Chrysler or something. Uh, <laughs> nice. And number two, have you ever gone rolling at Tumor's Corner? You slinging some Charmin around there? I never got a chance to go rolling at Tumor's Corner until last year, and I know it's crazy because when you play, you couldn't kind of get out there like that because everyone recognized the quarterback on campus. Um, and then number two, now being an analyst, after last year's crazy win against Alabama, I finally got a chance to go to Tumor's Corner, take pictures, and I threw a roll of tissue onto the trees. Finally. It took a long time, but you finally got a chance to throw it. And uh, finally, I'm a foodie. What's a legendary meal or place to eat in both Auburn and Mississippi? Oh, gosh. Oh, man. Auburn, you so, know, everyone loves barbecue. You know, barbecue, you always go to Byron's Barbecue when I was in Auburn. Uh, you know, uh, and it's just so tough. You know, Byron's had that good breakfast as well. But, you know, if you had to go now and eat something, you know, Acre is a really good restaurant. Uh, people can go and enjoy a great meal. Um, and Mississippi is another barbecue place. Man, Lethal's Barbecue that's in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, is really good. Um, now it's run by her kids. When she was living, she could remember everybody's order 
It don't matter if there's 12 people sitting at the table. She can remember everybody's order and not write a single thing wow. down and not get anything wrong when she brought it out. Like, that was, like, unbelievable to me. Yeah, but in the battle of the barbecue, though, who, what, where are you exactly. going with? Are you going? Are you going? Well, you go to, yep, exactly. But if you go to Mississippi, you got to get the catfish. You got to try catfish, Ooh. fried catfish. It's so good. Like, I tell people, you got to get fried catfish if you go to Mississippi. All right. Well, that solidifies it right there. We've been speaking with Jason Campbell, SEC Player of the Year, MVP of the Music City and Sugar Bowls, and quarterback of one of the greatest Auburn teams in program history. Thanks for joining me, Jason. War Eagle. Appreciate it. Thank you. War Eagle. Thanks for listening to the Believe in College Football Legends podcast. Make sure to check out all the prior episodes with Heisman winners, legendary coaches, and sports personalities reliving the greatest plays. You can tweet your questions at the Sports Jesus and join us next week because it will be legendary.